Lisa, who do you hope is listening to this podcast episode? The whole wide world. Welcome to the Tyler Loops Out of the Loop podcast. I'm your host, Jane Neal. And I probably made you afraid of dogs. <laughs> oh, no, she didn't. <laughs> Sir, I heard you say grassy ass. I could have said long Grande. Tyler will always be my home. Let's begin. My guest today is Lisa Williams. Lisa is a Tylerite of 50 years and a corporate nurse for SLP, Senior Living Properties. She is president of Black Nurses Rock Tyler, secretary of the NAACP, a member of AKA Sorority, and board member of Keep Tyler Beautiful, National Alliance on Mental Illness, and Bancorp South Bank. Lisa is also a member of Leadership Tyler, class of 33. In November of 2021, she received her Master's of Science in Health Education and Promotion. She is also a board member for the Tyler Loop. Welcome, Lisa Williams. Glad to be here. So glad you're here. Let's take a listen to your story told during Season 3 of Out of the Loop in July of 2020. Hello, I'm Lisa Williams. In Texas, 3,139 people are killed a year with a gun, according to Pointer Institute. That comes out roughly to one death every 2.8 hours. The burden of gun violence in Texas falls disproportionately on communities of color. The Center for American Progress says 12% of a state population is black, but about 36% of our state gun homicide victims are black. I never dreamed gun violence would touch me until it did. On Monday, April the 10th, 2012, exactly at midnight, I was home sleeping and the phone rang. I heard the voice of my daughter's boyfriend. Little mama has been shot. He was calm. I replied, what hospital? I'm a nurse for a coin eye. I'm used to the sight of blood. I know how to respond to an emergency. As a health professional, in my mind, I said, let's go. My son called and route and told me what happened. My 22-year-old daughter, Salisa, and her boyfriend was going to pick up her cousin. After passing Wally's on Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, a car pulled up beside them and started to shoot several times into the vehicle. After the shooting, they drove to Bunny's gas station on FM 14 and Loop 323 where the police were called. My mom and I raced to a Tyler hospital and headed through the hallways. I rushed through the sliding doors of the mercy room. There crowded every green chair around the room with young people. Salisa friends and acquaintances. Every face stared as I heard to the desk. One nurse said, there's a young black girl there with a gunshot calling for her mama. At the moments, the seriousness of the situation began to creep in. 
I was allowed to go to the back to be with her. There Salisa was, so full of blood. I grabbed towels and I began to wipe and wonder, how many times has she been shot? Where are the gunshots? I felt helpless as my daughter was telling me what had happened. And she didn't do anything to harm anyone. Her eyes was open and tears was flowing down her face in a hospital gown with monitors and IVs hanging. I just couldn't stand to see the blood. I wanted my baby to be nice and clean. The blood resonated pain. In my mind, I felt if she was clean, that would ease the pain. I looked at the tears from her eyes and I heard a soft voice say, Mommy, I'm sorry. The first physician entered the room. His voice and demeanor kept me calm. He explained to me that my daughter had been shot with a 45 caliber in her right arm. He said a surgeon would remove a vein from her leg and do a surgery to save her arm. Then things got worse in a way I wasn't expecting. Minutes later, the surgeon came in the room. In a loud voice, he said, This is what happened when you get shot. When you wake up, you may not have an arm. I was devastated that the physician said this in front of my daughter. It seems like he was blaming her for a terrible thing that happened to her, and she was an innocent victim. I just couldn't help but to wonder if she wasn't a young woman with tattoos, especially a young black woman, would he said those things to her. Now, before you think I'm making too much of this one inappropriate remark, let me remind you of three things. That's my baby lying there on that stretcher, injured and in danger. Also, I'm a black woman from Tyler, Texas. I know what color you are can determine how you're being treated. I thought as though he felt she was trash. However, she's a child of God just like everyone else. Did the surgeon know that she was attending college? Did he know she didn't have a criminal background? Also, as a health care provider, I didn't think Salisa would receive proper care because, because the physician didn't think she deserved it. My daughter was not involved in any crime. She was an innocent victim of a drive-by shooting. We later learned that the young man shooting at her boyfriend. It was over a basketball game, and she just happened to be in the car. As a nurse, regardless of your age, religion, or race, you're treated with respect. That determines how you heal physically and mentally. In my profession, I advocate for the vulnerable elderly, children, and disabled people. Bedside manners is one of the most important things in the healthcare industry. The way you treat patients determines their outcome. The Institute of Medicine Unequal Treatment report says in the United States, the racial, ethical, 
minorities are least likely to receive preventive medical treatment than whites, often with lower quality care. The report found even took into account income, neighborhood, comorbid illnesses, health insurance type. Health outcomes among blacks are still worse than whites. So when I heard the doctor make this statement, I whispered in Salisa's ear, and I said, God is in control. And I asked God to come in the room and let his will be done. Not man will, but his will in the name of Jesus. I knew I had to keep calm to keep her calm. Also, I took action. I had a conversation with the surgeon. I was now worried about the quality of care she would receive. So I used my nursing skills to check her levels, her medication, and treatment plan. Fast forward, the surgery was successful. What could have happened if I had not been there as an advocate, a parent, an experienced nurse? That's why I advocate for others. Regardless of who you are and what you look like, health care is a right. My daughter now experienced depression from time to time. She had a vein removed from her leg and placed in her arm, and she has a chronic pain condition. Tyler hospitals are good places. I believe that or I wouldn't be a nurse. Our hospitals need to know what's working and what's not working. What you report as a patient or visitor matters. Filling out surveys matters. I hope for Tyler hospitals, anyone that enters have a great experience. Even more, a Tyler residence have a great experience as a human being. As an advocate, I learned you don't never know what people are going through. Stereotypes and judgments create barriers. I know as a nurse and a black woman watching Black Lives Matter movements surge into our nation and town. Lisa, I'll never forget when I met you to talk about telling a story. Uh, we were at the Tyler Public Library, and uh, my jaw probably dropped when this came up after we'd been talking for a good half hour. Did you know that day that this would be the story? Not at that moment. Tell me what happened. I think we was just going and talking and getting them to meet each other. And I think that was one of the things that stuck out my daughter, someone that was close to me because it really affected her and me in the long run. Yeah, and I remember once it came out, it just seemed like so much tumbled out after that that just went right along with it. And um, it became this very powerful, impactful story. Your story brings in some really big and worthy themes, big themes, gun violence, access to health care, stereotypes, racism. Of all of those themes, was there one most important to you that people heard and know about? Well, just being heard, having a voice, letting people know that they can advocate for themselves. That word advocate is just the word I think of when I think of Lisa Williams because it came up in your story. It has come up since. Being an advocate 
seems to be such a huge part of what you do in your work and life. Yes. Tell us a little bit about how that happened. Well, I want everybody to be informed of what about their bodies and how people interact with them, and they do have rights. And so that's one of the things I'm very proactive about is people being knowledgeable of what people can do and how they treat it. They want people to be people to be treated like treat everybody the same. As a nurse, I pretty much respect people's rights and let them decide about what they want to happen with Mm -hmm. them that day. You know, no means no. If that's something they want to do, that's okay. If it's not, let's go back and start over and explain what we're doing. Mm -hmm. So that's something just stuck with me from nursing to I carry out through everyday living. You're talking to me right now like all nurses have this understanding, and maybe there is training, but I'm sitting here saying you might have some patients who would actually be very surprised to be able to say no. Well, I hope every nurse have that training. We should. We was taught that. And it's very important that whenever you meet a client, that they're given options. It's not just because the doctor said so or that's something you want, you want to do a shortcut because that's something that they should be able to tell if that's something they want. How do you draw them out and let them know they do have a say in their health care? Well, I just ask them, is it okay with you and still educate what I'm doing every step of the way? Mm-hmm. I would imagine you've turned some, turned some heads, but also just turned some opinions that, oh, I can, I can be part of this process. Right. In your story, you talk about having lived in Tyler all your life, and you were tuned in even before Salisa was in this crisis in the emergency room. You knew that people could be treated differently because they are Black or for the color of their skin. And that informed you about how Salisa was being treated. What have you experienced in Tyler that you would like to see change? Well, I like when people go into the clinics or the hospital, that they are acknowledged in what's going on with them. It's acknowledged. It's not taken as a joke. When they say something's going on, they're being heard and not just rushed through the process. Mm. Just like running them through like herd of cows, cattle, but taken seriously and listening to what they need to tell the physician or the nurse practitioner. Right. You're talking like you've seen it happen both ways. Yes. Two years have passed since you told that story. Of course, it's been even longer than that, that Salisa was shot in the arm by a drive-by shooter. Tell us what has transpired in your life and in her life since then. Well, I have pushed her. She's now a doula, and she just completed her associate degree in science, so she's planning on going to nursing school. Wow, congratulations. Yes, I'm very excited. She's still living in the Dallas area? Yes, she loved Dallas. Wonderful. And for you? And for me, I'm just keeping um, being a change agent here and letting everybody know about being an advocate for their health. And since you told that story... You have become a birth doula. Correct. Will you tell us a little bit about what that is and how you are using that identity as an advocate in that role? Well, a birth doula, we provide emotional and physical support 
for moms. And, you know, we do have the Roe versus Wade. So we'll be having more moms. And that way we'll be educating them more about their rights, about their body, and informed consents as well. Hmm. Label positions and how they want to have the baby. Do they want to have an upper door or not? Right. If they want to have it natural. When you meet with first-time moms who maybe don't even know the questions to ask, how do you empower them to start asking those questions? Well, we mostly start out with a booklet and we do a prenatal visit. And during the prenatal, I meet with them and their spouse and see who the support team is. And we talk about what they want, what kind of birth do they want? Because some people are like... To have a birth at home. Some people like to be in the hospital. So finding out what they like. Mm-hmm. When you encounter mothers-to-be who don't have much of a support team, how is that handled? Well, that's when I step in and we create a support team. You know, that if it's just me, sometimes they might have a family member, another family member. We just make a joint effort in supporting them. Wow. Those similar themes of equity and access have come up again and again, whether we're talking about being a doula or talking about being a nurse. And I, you know, when I went through your bio, obviously you are very civically minded and have a hand in many things going on in Tyler. How and where would you like to see that equity and access across Tyler? I would like to see it across the board because so many Blacks are high numbers with all the health diseases. So all across the board and getting numbers down. And Go ahead and ed- educate us on where the numbers are high for the black populations. Well, for Texas. the black population, we're, we're number one in HIV, AIDS, uh, COPD, hypertension, lupus. We're running high because it's still that mistrust with the health care. We always had a history of not trusting health care. So it's still there. So we work very hard to continue to empower people to seek the care. We don't have a lot of blacks to do clinical trials. So most of the time when clinical trials are delivered, they're not blacks. So you can't get a number for our race because a lot of people don't believe in clinical trials. Right. So just educating people and letting them know it's okay because we need this. Just for instance, when we came out with the COVID testing Mm -hmm. and the um, vaccinations, a lot of people was not for that. So we had to empower them. Okay, you need this because this protect you from being sick. So I myself... I took it, and then I gave over 1,500 shots. We had a task for Derek Choice, Reverend Ralph Carraway, Smith mm-hmm. County Commission, Joanne Hampton, and, and uh, Nancy Ragel. We all set up in different churches, St. Louis Baptist Church. Yep. Um, it was a Spanish church over here. I forgot the name of it. But we set up in different locations. So when people came, they seen people that looked like them. Right. And they was eager to take it because the first time they said, did you take it? Yeah. Because you're the guinea pig, right? They want to know. Yeah, I took it. So you're going to take it? I took it. We overcame a lot of barriers due to the fact people seeing people that look like them at different posts. When you encounter a patient who is hesitant, who might be suspicious, what kind of conversations do you have with them to, to try to empower them? 
Well, mainly I just give the education yeah. pamphlet, something easy to read where they understand. Because you can't change people's minds. You can only try to just empower them and let them make their own decisions. You can't be forceful with it. You you don't go back and forth. I don't debate. You know, you meet people. I'm not going to take government vaccination. Okay. They want you to go on and on. You're not going to ask me why? No, you had a choice. It's all about choice. If they want to debate, that's something they have to do on their own. <laughs> <laughs> I can only provide the information. And they come back around. If they get it, they get it. And hopefully they'll come on and get it, what yeah. they need. Lisa, just again and again, I hear such a high priority that you've given to choice and for people to, to get to make those choices about their care. Very important. It's just a, it's a right that you have. It's a, it's no means no. I mean, if you don't want it, that's, that's your prerogative. So I respect that. Just respect and dignity. You have a right. You have a choice. And you need to be an advocate for yourself. Health care is all about being an advocate for yourself. There are some restrictions on choices. Right. Um, when you live in a world like, like we do, where Roe v. Wade has been struck down, and um, at least in Texas, women will not be um, making a choice to terminate a pregnancy in Texas legally. How do you care for a patient who, who has lost that choice? It's hard because that right has been taken away, but the right has been made by men. I mean, pe- not even people that's having to have babies. So that's kind of like you making decisions over somebody's body. They choice been taken away. Yeah. But that's why it's so important to con- con- uh, continue to vote. That's where the voting steps in because these people are put in these election officials. So that's why it's so important to vote as well. A lot of people are like, oh, you don't vote, don't bother me. Okay, they just bother you. You have a baby, you got to have it. So the things you think that don't bother you, it may bother you later. Right. It might not bother you now, but it may catch up with you later. Some right just been swept, swept off your under your feet because you, di- you didn't think your vote counted. I want to ask you if you had another story up your sleeve and you could tell it now. What would you take the stage and say? I'm still working out on some things. I got to get the end of it. Uh-huh. I mean, at the beginning, it's not finished. So I have one coming shortly. Oh, really? Yeah. Is It's a secret right now? Yes, yeah, a secret. I got to see the end end of it. See okay. how it's going to turn out. Because you're living the story right now? Yes. Oh, <laughs> As we all are. <laughs> <laughs> well... Lisa, it's a delight to see you again and to have you here. Thank you for sharing with us. Thank you for having me. The Out of the Loop podcast was recorded at the Innovation Pipeline in downtown Tyler with technical support from Neil Katz and Leah Wansley. Music is provided by the Tyler, Texas duo Gypsum and the Travelers. Out of the Loop is a production of the Tyler Loop, a nonprofit news and culture magazine and storytelling platform for Tyler and East Texas. We run on memberships from informed, engaged residents like you who value in depth, inclusive reporting. Check us out at thetylerloop.com. Mm-hmm.